Good morning, everybody. Uh, today we are looking uh, at forgiveness. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3, and um, I'm going to be reading verses 12 to 14. All right. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Forgiveness. Hi, Tim. It's Mike. I want you to fit forgiveness into 20 minutes. Huh? Maybe we should have combined the services. Um, but even then, 40 minutes probably isn't enough time. Because forgiveness, that's a huge topic. So um, strap in, stay alert, and here we go. There is no such thing as a fish. My name is Timothy Stevens, and I'm an alcoholic. That's how Alcoholics Anonymous begins. And maybe that's how we should start church. My name is Timothy Stevens, and I find forgiveness really hard. Do you feel tired sometimes? I feel tired sometimes. Do we feel heavy with, um, I don't know, heavy with persecution, with suffering, with hurt, with being wronged? If only other people weren't so, so mean or prejudiced or ignorant or racist or unchristian or so overly Christian, or whatever. And how can I forgive them when they won't stop, when they continue to do this, when they don't even recognize that they do this? They make me feel like a prisoner to what they hold dear. They ignore me. They ignore who I am, or they don't accept who I am. They want to change me, assimilate me, put me in a box of their own device, change my message, twist my words, erase my words, erase me. But I am who I am. I am. When we are wronged, it is our self that is affected. It feels like an attack on our identity. We feel devalued, which can make us feel afraid, which can make us feel angry. And so most of the time that we feel wronged, we respond from a place of fear. My spouse was mean to me. I'm afraid they don't love me anymore, so I'll push them away. 
My boss was mean to me. I'm afraid I may lose my job, so I'm going to complain about them. My friend was mean to me. I'm afraid that I'll be alone. So we we act two-faced. My kid was mean to me. I'm afraid that they will embarrass me or that other people will think that I'm a bad parent, so I will frustrate my child. My parent was mean to me. I'm afraid they don't want me, so I will rebel. That person who is from a different culture, race, ethnicity, or country was mean to me. I'm afraid that they are all like that, so I will judge them all harshly. See, our fears will dictate how we act, and usually that means we won't forgive. Did you know that there is no such thing as a fish? What I mean is that the word fish is what word we use to describe all the things that live in water, but they're all quite different things. But fish is the best word we have for them. Likewise, may I put it to you that there is no such thing as unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is just the word we use for an action that we do rather than the action of forgiveness. So when we are not able to forgive, let us peel away the layers. What is it that we are actually feeling? What is it that we are actually doing? It might be anger or fear or stress or low self-esteem. And that feeling or that action will stop us from forgiving. My name is Timothy Stevens and I find forgiveness really hard. To forgive someone for how they have wronged me kind of makes it feel like they get away with it. Kind of makes me feel like I lost. Kind of makes me feel weak. So why should they get away with it? Why should they continue with their life unpunished, unapologetic? It's frustrating. (laughs) They do something wrong. We are the ones to suffer. But then we are the ones who are told to forgive. How about an apology? That would be a start. Or better still, how about they come begging on their knees before I will even acknowledge them, before I even think about forgiving them. It's just so aggravating. Ah, sometimes. Sometimes we forgive ish, except that our version of forgiveness is very much forgiveness at a price. We do want a price to be paid. We want cancel culture. We want an apology. We want change. We want perfection. But how does verse 13 end? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Uh Uh-oh. So let's look at how God forgives. Let's look at God's perspective. Let's first acknowledge that out of everyone, it is God that has the most to forgive. 
that he is the most attacked, the most ignored, the least accepted, the one we would like to change, to assimilate, to put in a box, to change his message, to twist his words, to erase his words, to erase him. And despite this though, he acts so differently to how we act. The way God forgives is so vastly different to how we, well, we don't don't really. So the obvious questions are, why does he forgive and how? Firstly, the why. It's a bit of a cliche, but that makes it no less true. God is love. He loves us all, no matter what. Verse 12 says that we are dearly beloved, dearly loved. More interesting, perhaps, or more useful to us, is the how he forgives. What does he do? He acts with compassion through his death on the cross. He acts with kindness, understanding our situation. He acts with humility, not proud or arrogant. He acts with gentleness, welcoming us rather than being angry with us. He acts with patience. He knows we are not perfect. He can wait. He bears with us. Mike spoke last week about truth. And Mike said we should look at the fruits together. uh, And it's hard to talk about forgiveness without talking about truth. Whenever someone wrongs someone else, the two parties involved will each have their own truth, their own perspective. Can we just have that on there? Thank you. When we wrong God, we certainly have our view, our perspective, our truth. But it is only God who sees the real truth. And likewise, when we wrong others or others wrong us, again, it is only God that sees that situation perfectly. God's perspective is perfect, but ours is flawed, dangerously so. And you can be in disagreement with somebody and you can be looking at that same cylinder. And one of you will swear blindly it's a square and one will say blindly it's a circle. But it is only God that sees the truth. How we see truth is defined by our history, our life, our ancestors, our media, our bubble. And we can't get agreement. We all talk a different language, a different truth. But God's truth is defined by, well, God. When you can be everywhere, see everything, know everything, your truth is the only true truth. But this truth extends beyond knowing what is right and what is wrong. And maybe that's why he didn't want us eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because we are in no perspective to judge. But his truth, his unique perspective allows him to understand why we consider our truth 
to be the truth. And that understanding, that empathy, allows him to see where we are, where we come from, why we did what we did, and because of that, because of that holy perspective, he can forgive. When you empathize, when you take time to understand, rather than just to pick a side and scream, rather than to open up a quarrel, with that empathy, it is much easier to show compassion, to show kindness, to act with humility, to be gentle and to be patient. Something else about God that you should know and which allows him to be so forgiving, he is holy. And holy can mean complete, can mean whole. I am who I am. Holy. There is no part of his being, his character, his existence, which is not how it should be, that is not complete, that is not whole. There is no part that he feels ashamed of. There is no part that can be offended. There is no part that can be embarrassed, accused or insulted. Or put another way, God is not in competition with anyone. God's value is not dependent on what others think of him or how they treat him. Verse 12 also says that we should be holy, that we are his holy people. So what do we need to clothe ourselves in? Know who you are. Mike has explained that this series is about taking off the works of the flesh and putting on the fruit of the Spirit. In nature, at least in my garden, fruit comes naturally when the conditions are right. There'll be some pruning, some removing, and there'll be some fertilizing, some clothing. So what are the conditions we need in our lives to be able to give fruit to forgiveness? Well, we need to prune the things that prohibit us from forgiving. We need to remove the fear in our lives. We need to remove the competition with others. We need to remove the excuses for our behavior or our excuses to why and how we react to others' behavior. We need to remove the blame that we place on others for our situation. We need to break free from our thought bubbles and echo chambers. And on the other flip side, we need to feed the things that allow us to forgive. And by building our faith in God, we will fear less. By knowing our identity and purpose in God, we will be in competition less. By showing empathy as God does, we will blame less. To forgive, you must be true. True to yourself and true to God and true to others. Done. And uh, with five minutes to spare. Cool, huh? Right, easy, no problem. That's forgiveness. Who's ready for a cup of tea? Anyone?
Mm. But what about those bits of the Bible about, oh, I don't know, an eye for an eye. (laughs) The wages of sin is death. Revenge of the Sith. No, that's something different. A price must be paid. Maybe it's not so easy. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did the Lord forgive me? His truth is perfect. He understands me and where I come from. He is holy. He cannot be devalued by my actions. He loves me. His love is sacrificial. His love is sacrificial. He, yes, he paid the price. I sinned against him, but yet he paid the price for my sin. He removed the sin, which means that there is nothing left to forgive. And that's how we should forgive, as he forgave. Now that's hard. My name is Timothy Stevens and I find forgiveness really hard. Let's pray. Father God, we are your church and we find forgiveness hard. Speak to our hearts to find the underlying reason. What are we afraid of? Why are we angry? Help us to know who we are in you. Help us to see ourselves and others the way that you do. And in doing so, help us also to bring to you our angers, hurts, fears and stresses. Help us to show empathy. Help us to see your truth rather than our perspective. Help us to bear with others. Help us to do it now, before it's too late. Help us to do it in the living years. We acknowledge that there can be no forgiveness without your forgiveness. Thank you for all you have forgiven us for and what you continue to forgive us for. In your holy, holy name. Amen.